Every woman has a relationship with Aunt Flo. That's the name the women in my family gave her. Maybe yours did too. But what happens when that relationship gets complicated? What's your overreaction? Welcome to your safe space to wrestle, reconcile, relish, and rejoice in the complicated relationship we have with our reproductive health. It's storytelling with a side of science. You're now listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Hey y'all, it's your chief storyteller, Tanil Daniels, and I'm welcoming you to the Overreaction Podcast. Y'all, I came on here like over a month ago and was so hype and was like, welcome back, welcome back, guess who's back? And then I went MIA. It has been over a month since the last episode. And y'all, that was definitely not my intention. But as you'll learn or you may already know, when you're on a fertility journey, there are things that come up physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially that can cause you to deviate from your plans. They cause you to offer yourself a little more grace and even teach you things about yourself that are things maybe you knew and maybe ignored or denied or truly teach you new lessons in this season of life. On the last episode, I shared I would be moving into what I'm calling the present-ish, sharing more current parts of my journey versus what I did in season one, which was to tell you where I've been to get me to this place and space and time. I hit a critical step in my fertility journey shortly after recording episode one of season two. And to be honest, it left me without the mental or emotional capacity to share with you on this podcast. And even after I passed that critical step, I needed time to process what had happened, what it meant, and how I would plan for what was next. And if I'm being honest with myself and you as a listener, I was a little bit stuck in a rut. And in the midst of dealing with my own stuff, I was in and out on travel and really just wanting to be there to support people that I love that were also kind of navigating some of the highs and lows of their life. I'm sharing this one because you're a part of my community, but I also want you to know that it is okay to sometimes go off the grid for a little while and do what you need to do for you and the ones that you love. And you can pick right back up where you left off, which is what I'm going to do today. It's story time. So on season two, episode one, I ended the episode by telling you that I made a decision to embark on a journey to become a single mother by choice. A single mother by choice, otherwise known as a SMC, is someone who decides to become a mother knowing that they will be the sole parent of their child, at least at the outset. Because honey, I still believe that my life partner and husband is still out there looking for his sweet tea. Anyway, it's one thing to make a decision and another thing to take the first step on the journey. Well, y'all, a little over 365 days ago, I took the first active step on my fertility journey to become a single mother by choice. 
And that's where we'll pick up our story today. This is season two, the long-awaited episode two, titled The Roadmap. Let me set the scene for you. It's October 2020. We are now entering our third season of the year, the fall, in the middle of the COVID-19 global pandemic. The Panini Press, the Panorama, you know all the names. I won't spend time going through all of the tolls of the pandemic, but I will say it gave us an opportunity to reflect and to reevaluate various aspects of our lives, what and who is important to us, how we'll live our lives given the trauma experienced by what we were living through and surviving through, and some of us even thriving through in terms of the pandemic. For me, in the midst of the pandemic, I was also tapping on the heels of 40 and feeling like I lost the year I had told myself I was going to commit to intentional dating. And so I was like, you know what? There's no time like the present to begin to take active steps towards pursuing my dream of becoming a mother. So I called up Shady Grove Fertility and made my initial appointment with a fertility doctor. And this is where we stop the story. Today, I just wanted to share a few things to consider when selecting a fertility clinic based on my own personal experience and other um, stories that I've heard from women that I talk to about their own journeys. And my first tip would be, be clear on who you are as a patient and what it is you need. That is so critical. Um, I think we need to take a hard look at who we are how our personality is shaped and formed, and really what we need in terms of the relationship that we're going to have, not only with the fertility doctor, but with the clinic staff in general. Um, You know, some of you will learn, or I'm here to share with you that a lot of the time that you will be on this journey um, will be spent interacting with either the nurses who are part of your fertility team, um, or even some of the just clinic staff who are kind of shepherding you through the process. And so you want to make sure that you understand how you like to be communicated to, how they communicate, um, you know, what their bedside manner is. I have had experience where I have had an amazing doctor who, you know, from a technical and scientific and medical perspective was top notch, but her bedside manner left a little bit to be desired. And because of the way that she was wired, if you didn't really understand, you know, her makeup and how she communicated, there were a lot of times where you could walk away with hurt feelings or, um, you know, feeling a little bit discouraged. And so for me at the time, and this is not necessarily related to the doctor that I'm working with um, at Shady Grove, but someone that I had experienced in another medical realm, um, you know, a few years ago, it's like you want to be sure that, um, especially when you're going through something that can be as touch and go as fertility or even just a, you know, regular reproductive health issue, that that person is going to give you what you need in terms of encouragement, um, positive outlook. 
These are things, you know, important that are important to consider. Of course, we all want to go to someone who is highly competent and is going to give us safe and, um, you know, high quality care. That is baseline. Um, But we also want to make sure that we are getting what we need from an interpersonal perspective as well, um, because that's really important along this journey. The second thing that I would say is, you know, do your research. Do you want a big or a kind of larger fertility clinic um, versus a clinic that may be a little bit more smaller and can give you um, some of like the more intimate um, experience that you may be looking for? Um, you know, just in my personal experience, you have, you know, when you're thinking about big versus small, the quality you know, could be the same, right? So bigs are known for volume. So they do this kind of in their sleep. And not saying that the smalls don't, they just do, you know, less volume and they're able to give you a little bit more attention. So you have to be able to balance what it is that's important to you You can go somewhere that's big who, you know, kind of is known as a fertility factory um, that has multiple locations. And even the different locations can give you different vibes, right? So I would say that it's important to not just write off um, a larger organization just because of maybe an experience that someone has had at a specific location, but to research the different locations because, you know, different doctors are at these different locations. They have have different staff. And as much as possible, you know, the culture of those locations can be a little bit different. Of course, the administrative processes are similar across all, um, but you do get a little bit of a different feel um, depending on, you know, what location you go to. And then if you choose somewhere that's a little bit smaller, I do think that there is an opportunity for um, more tailored care, right? Because they have a little bit more time to work with with you and to talk you through certain things. Um, and I, I don't want to overgeneralize. So again, that's why I think it's important for you to do your research. Um, and then just going back to the first tip, before you do that research, be very clear on what it is you want so that you um, know what you're looking for as you're going through the research process. And then the last thing I'll say is be the great interrogator. So ask questions. This is like you're dating, you know? It's really a dating relationship. And we talk about this when we talk about looking for a therapist, looking for a life partner, looking for a car, whatever it is, right? You have to ask questions to be able to get the information that is um, important to you to make a decision. And then I would also say, feel the vibes, right? So there are some people that, you instantly kind of feel an energy and a connection with them. Um, And I won't say solely go off of feeling and connection because, again, you want someone, um, you know, who kind of meets your technical and medical competency needs. Um, But it's important that you all click and you, you know, you're, you're vibing on some type of level because this person is going to be with you through some of, you know, potentially the high of the highs and the lows of the lows. And so you want to feel like you are being supported um, by this person that you're going to be working with. So again, 
ask all the questions. To me, and you know, we hear this in our lives all the time, there is no question too small. Um, you know, there is no dumb question. Write down your list of questions and go down the list when you have, you know, that initial appointment to kind of dis- figure out if you want to move forward um, with that clinic. So, Again, I'll just quickly repeat the steps. When you're thinking about um, selecting a fertility clinic, first, be clear on who you are as a patient and what it is you need. Then do your research. And last but not least, be the great interrogator. Now let's get back to the story. The initial appointment is a time for you and your doctor to begin to develop the roadmap for your journey. It's a time for information gathering. How old are you? Have you ever been pregnant before? Do you have a partner who will join you on this journey? Will you go at it alone? What's your reproductive health history? And what are your goals? These are all things that, you know, the doctor should ask you as she or he is preparing their plan. Then it's time to discuss potential routes to get you to your destination. One option is intrauterine insemination or IUI. This is a procedure where the sperm from your partner or donor is placed directly into your uterus using a small catheter with the hopes that it will join with an egg and fertilize. And then there's in vitro fertilization or IVF, which is a method of assisted reproduction where the egg and sperm are combined fertilized outside of the body. And when embryos are available, one or more is transferred into the uterus for implantation. These are two potential routes. But before you can choose which route to take, there is another key step um, that will help you fully understand where you're headed and how you're going to get there. And that's to have a complete workup. I'm going to use the analogy of, you know, before you take your car on an extended road trip, um, you know, you want to have the engine check, the oil levels, the tires, and, you know, whatever else the mechanics check and charge you an arm and a leg for um, to make sure that your car is in the best position possible to make it to your uh, final destination. So before you set out on your journey, you should have a fertility workup. And this workup, it's, you know, there's some baseline things that are done kind of across the board, but it's also very customized to your unique situation. So um, age plays a factor. Your reproductive health history plays a factor in all of the things that you may have to uh, go through uh, to get the complete workup done. Um, A workup can include, and this is one of those baseline everybody is going to get this uh, done items, is the ovulation testing, which is basically a blood test to measure your hormone levels to determine whether or not you are ovulating. There is also the hysterosalpingography, um, which evaluates the condition of your uterus and fallopian tubes and looks for blockages or other problems. There's also ovarian reserve testing. Um, This test helps to determine the quantity of eggs available uh, for ovulation. 
There are other hormone testing um, that may be done to check your um, the levels of your ovulatory hormones, as well as your pituitary hormones that can uh, control your reproductive processes. Um, examples of this include, you know, them looking for abnormal thyroid levels, um, or if you have uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. There will also be some imaging tests done. So a pelvic ultrasound um, to look for uterine or ovarian disease. Um, sometimes a saline infusion sonogram is done uh, to see the details inside the uterus that cannot be seen on a regular ultrasound. And really they're looking for things like fibroids or polyps, um, really anything that can impact your ability to conceive. Depending on your symptoms, your doctor may request a hysteroscopy to look for uterine disease. Um, this is a pro procedure where the doctor inserts a thin, lightweighted device through your cervix into your uterus um, to view any potential abnormalities. Um, so yeah, much of this, I mean, there are other things that you may be required to have done um, before the doctor is willing to kind of lay out the full roadmap. Um, and I just also wanted to share that a lot of this testing, much of it, um, really occurs around your menstrual cycle, which makes sense. The results of this workup will tell you what, if anything, needs to be done before you start your fertility journey. My workup occurred a little over a year ago. And on the next episode, I'm going to share with you some of the things I've had to have done before I could even get on the road. Buckle up, my friends. We are in for a ride. And that's where this week's story will end. Before we get out of here, you know I have to give you this week's song of the episode, which is Step by Step by Whitney Houston. Y'all, one thing that I've learned by being on this journey for the past year plus is that really all you can do is take it step by step. My goal is to never get too far ahead of where I am and really to just stay present at my current place or step in the overall journey. And I'll have to be honest with you, um, with all of the information that is available these days and all of the communities of women um, who are going through a process of trying to conceive or um, a fertility journey, there are um, many opportunities for you to get kind of bogged down in all of the things that could happen to you. 10 steps down the line, um, or that may never be a part of your story. And so one thing that I've been very um, conscious of doing is really just understanding that my story is my own. Um, everybody has a very unique body and unique situation. God did not make each of us the exact same. Um, so Although I think it's good to hear other people's stories, I don't want to get too focused on, you know, what happened to someone else because, you know, I can get anxiety and get discouraged kind of based on some of the things. I and mean, you can also, there's the flip side of it, right? You can get excited um, and hopeful. And, and all of these things are normal emotions that you need to um, and you will feel during the process. But in order to manage my own 
sanity and emotion, I decided that I would limit um, the amount of information that I take in from all of those um, kind of community resources where people are sharing um, what has either happened to them in the past or what they're going through um, presently. My girl Whitney says, before I tell y'all what Whitney says, do y'all ever just have those moments where you be like, dag, I miss Whitney? Am I the only one? Sometimes I just miss Whitney. Growing up as a little girl, I was like in love with her music. And sometimes I'm just like, dag, Whitney, why'd you have to go out like that? But anyway, Whitney says, because I'm taking it step by step, bit by bit, stone by stone, yeah, brick by brick, step by step, day by day, mile by mile. Yeah, and that's all you can do. We may not be on the same exact journey, but whatever journey you're on, I know that there are times when it seems overwhelming, too much to handle, um, that you may not have the physical or mental stamina to withstand the journey. But I encourage you to just stay present in the moment and take it step by step. You can hear this song and the many others that have served as the soundtrack for me on this journey by searching for Overreaction, the podcast playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. There are also links to the playlist in the show notes in case you need a little bit easier way to access it. I'll also ask that you all just send me your good vibes. Send me words of encouragement on social media um, or via my website. Um, my email address is there. Um, you can reach me at hello at tenildaniels.com. I would love to hear from you um, just about anything that you've learned from the podcast or if you're on your own journey, fertility related or not. I would love to cheer you on um, as you take the steps necessary to reach your final destination. All right, until next time, remember, stand in your story so you can boldly and confidently show up in the world. I love y'all. Thank you for listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Love what you heard? Go ahead and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Also, I want to hear your overreaction. So head over to TanilDaniels.com and click the podcast tab to share yours. Remember, stand in your story show up in the world.